0: Frank London is a trumpeter, band leader, and composer. He's written numerous film scores and music for theater and dance. He won a Grammy Award with the Klezmatics, and he just released an album, *Chronica*, a Hanukkah album with his Klezmer Brass All Stars Band. We're going to hear Topps, the first track on the album. Happy Hanukkah! You wrote the score of the John Sayles film, The Brother from Another Planet, which came out in 1984. Actor Joe Morton plays an alien and escaped slave on the run from his home planet. So how did you come to compose for the film? It was the first film that you ever composed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is going back a few days, but yeah, yeah, indeed. That was, uh, I mean... I was in Boston and um, at that point I hadn't really gotten into Jewish music yet at all. I was mostly doing salsa and Afro-Cuban music and they needed someone to write some film cues uh, for the salsa. They wanted some salsa so I wrote all these salsa Afro-Cuban music cues. It's a funny way to start a film scoring thing and then I went on and did a bunch of films and and actually, I'm doing more these last year or two than I've done in the, probably the last twenty. But my career has always been like that: crazy things happen, then they stop happening, then they happen again. So, yeah, Pandora, you asked. Uh, you mentioned the the uniqueness of the drumming in the afro music, and it's certainly true. And I've gotten deeply into the whole history of how that happened with the uh, enslaved African peoples bringing their own cultures over to the new world, the fusions, the, the because I, I love the history. But really, as I learned at the same time as I was starting to get into that music, when I was also learning many other musics, including Jewish music, Klezmer, but Balkan musics and African musics and Scandinavian all sorts of things. Each one is unique. Now, we might say that it's a, some are a little more complex or they're complex in different ways. In the last few years, I started studying Korean music and the way they think about drumming and rhythm is totally different than any other music I've ever studied. But But I love the uniqueness of each musical genre love the figuring out what makes a music sound like this how do we know when we hear on a you know five seconds of a music oh that's a pop rock tune oh that's a this that's that what are the signifiers what do we hear immediately and really studying it and the main thing i've tried to do Throughout my my career, and it's a lot of this is on chronica bringing it to the the album we're talking about, is not just do the simplistic thing that a lot of people do, where you take a melody from one culture and a rhythm from another culture and put them on top of each other. That's a lot of fun. It's been going on forever. It's always enjoyable, but I try to. I always try to go for something more more complex a more complete integration of musics by understanding what makes each one unique what makes it particular and then finding subtle ways or not always so subtle to 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 blend them together and that's a lot of what's going on in chronica you can't just say oh it's hanukkah songs with a hip-hop beat i mean partially that's in there but there's so much more going on than that. And that that's what I try to do. Well, one of my many fascinations is with trance musics. Mm-hmm. Musics that put people into a trance state. And let's say like Haitian voodoo music or something like this. And it's exactly like that. They'll talk about that. That the complexity, it almost drives you so crazy that you go into this other trance and in there. Tradition you actually like uh, become possessed because the drumming because of the drumming so yeah I'm totally with you and the idea of well that I talk a lot about ecstasy vis-a-vis chronica and the whole idea of repetitive rhythms and repetitive dance being ecstatic and almost putting us into trances that's what it's all that's what it's really all about.
0: We're speaking with Frank London, this is Greeks Off Chronica. is ecstatic dance music, essentially. So it's part of a long tradition of ecstatic dances that happened. There's evidence for them in ancient Greece and all over the world.
1: Oh, for sure. what, What I find interesting, you're absolutely correct, is that some cultures, they all do it, but some talk about it more overtly and others do not. So in the East European Yiddish jewish culture they're not going to use that vocabulary to discuss it but they're doing it it's exactly the same but they don't talk about it as a trance because that would go against their kind of cosmology because they were not going to believe well actually that's not even true because jewish mythology yiddish mythology has Dibbics. we have possessive demons and spirits also i grew up on long island huh
0: are any of the possessive well
1: that's that's a really great question that's very funny um as far as i know in 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 sort of east european jewish uh mysticism no <laughs> no, if you're possessed It's generally not a good thing Whereas let's say Just good to go back to Haitian uh, Voodoo practices Some of it is very positive actually And, and if you look at let's say African American churches Where people get the spirit It's actually seen as a very positive thing No, unfortunately In the Yiddish tradition It's a little bit more like the exorcist And the, and the shaking of the body And stuff like that
0: what about some of the more ritualistic aspects of Judaism, like the shaking of the Lulav?
1: I grew up on Long Island. Very, I'm Jewish, totally Jewish, but it was a very American reformed Jewishness that had nothing exotic about it, nothing cultural, nothing anything like that. We didn't shake anything, you know, except shake hands. Nice to see you. Shabbat shalom, you know, but... And then I later, through the music, found out about all these different customs. So not only shaking the the lula being the branches of a certain plant, which we shake in, it's almost Native American because you shake it in all six directions, very much, you know, not to be too cross-cultural, but one can't help but observe that. But um, the uh, one of my early album covers is a, a tradition uh, called Kaporis where to get rid of our sins, we spin a chicken over our head once a year and kill the chicken by spinning it and try to get our sins into the sins of the chicken. You know, there's lots of weird customs and I, I, I find it fascinating. I just, you know, this makes me very excited and, um, Yeah, (laughs) like okay. For example, there's the there are two numbers on Chronica that really have strong Caribbean influences. One is a a Ukrainian Hasidic drinking song, which we added electronica and live cumbia percussion, both from Mexico and from New York City, on into the beat. But more important is a song I I sort of I co composed with. A Hasidic spiritual melody, but it's all about Crown Heights, New York, which is a neighborhood in Brooklyn, which is the home of both uh, a certain Hasidic group, the Labovichers, and West Indians. And it's been a terrible relationship for years. There were riots in the 1990s between the two groups. And I wanted to do something with unity between the groups and kind of putting the music together for me is like a metaphor. In in real terms for the way communities can work together, and I start off with something that musically is uh, taken from uh, Central African pygmy music, but the instruments are shofars, the traditional Jewish um, ram's horns. So it's really just always playing with the different ways one can connect it. So it's a shofar. This most religious jewish instrument playing a a a central african rhythm which then goes into a caribbean klezmer hasidic march you know and for me that's and but if you don't know any of that it's just fun you can just dance around the apartment or the house to it even without knowing any of that
2: Yeah, yeah and the
1: singer who we got misha who lives in Crown Heights? He's known as both a reggae and a soca singer. So yes, what you heard is coming. I would say primarily from his voice. It's really he's got that kind of that certain sweet tenor voice that I love in reggae music, like Gregory Isaacs or Junior Mervin. I just love that 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 sweet tenor voice.
0: We're gonna hear "Unity" from Chronica Frank London's new album.
3: Jubilation, corporation, no more frustration Right now in Congress, Brooklyn, is a big celebration Jubilation, corporation, no more frustration hey, Right now in Congress, Brooklyn, is a big celebration yeah, 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 yeah. Anticipation, the expectation Party and the only place to be right here in. Life is a carnival on Eastern Parkway, Brooklyn's the place where we all go to party, life is a fair. you have to be there when we celebrate, we're on Eastern Parkway, jump up, wave up, jump up, wave up, jump up, come join the carnival on Eastern Parkway, Brooklyn's the place where
0: So Frank London of the Klezmatics, Frank London of the Klezmer Brass All-Stars, when did you first become smitten with Klezmer?
1: I was up in Boston at the New England Conservatory. I was studying jazz, which they called Afro-American music, Afro-American because it was 1977. But there was another department called the Third Stream Department, which believed in learning all musics and integrating them and learning by ear and i just threw myself into that philosophy so from someone who grew up with nothing and i literally mean nothing but kind of rock and roll and soul funk music that was on the radio like nothing that's all i listened to all of a sudden i encountered the world the entire world of music and I was playing in uh, Balkan brass bands, and I was—I actually—I was in a, a very popular Boston-based Haitian band, and you know everything, blah blah blah. And one of the teachers at New England Conservatory wanted to explore. His family had had led a klezmer band two generations earlier, and he wanted to explore his family history. And so he decided to put together a band at New England Conservatory of students to explore the music of his family, and that became the band called the Klezmer Conservatory Band. And I had never heard this music. I didn't know Yiddish language at all, but I, I, it kind of on one hand, it went into the category of wow, here's yet another cool music that I've never heard before. Isn't the world such a fascinating place that there are so many kinds of things? But I have to admit that I felt a little pride that my, my culture, meaning the thing I was born into without any choice, actually had a cool music. I didn't know that we had one also.
0: You taught Jewish music in Crimea.
1: I was in Crimea during the brief historical moment where it was actually part of the Ukraine, post Soviet Union, pre Russian invasion. So that's, and you get there, and this is going to, I'm going to give you a very New York reference. It, it's kind of sort of po- very Soviet. So I felt like I was in Lefrak Village in Queens, like one of these just horrible architectural, horrible, like big apartment buildings built of cinder blocks so ugly and you know like parts of queens that i'm so used to with projects and I, I of course on a people-to-people basis it was one of the highest experiences of my life and i'm still in touch with many of the people who studied there that week and it's it that i could talk for hours about the people but talking about crimea so a few things happened that really elevated that experience beyond the people themselves because people came from all over the former Soviet union to be part of that. And that was truly amazing. So I was there. I am staying at some horrible thing that they called a hotel. Like like I said, it's just like, like being in a housing project in, in New York city or something like that. And I was taking a walk and all of a sudden, I heard some weird music that was not very normal, not Russian, not, not you know, Western sounding, not Slavic. And it was a military band on a police station playing these basically Turkish marches. And then I was so as you know, as a musician, I was like freaking out. This is amazing. Then I just turned around and I saw someone riding on a camel down the street. And my mind's going, you're not in New York anymore. You're definitely somewhere else. You know, it placed me. And then the final thing is I came across a Jewish building, which we would normally think of as a synagogue or as a Jewish community center, but it wasn't. It's called a kennis which is the same Hebrew root as the word Knesset, which is their their parliament in Israel. A Knesset, which basically means a meeting place for Jews who had been expulsed from Judaism as part of what is called the Karaite heresy. And Crimea is one of the few places that has a living Karaite community. And the Karaite heresy which is thousands of years old and caused them to get uh, excommunicated is that if you know, Judaism, we have the Torah Torah is a text given by God and everything about Judaism is based on the Torah, but many people, our entire history says, but you can't really understand the Torah. So it needed to be sort of interpreted. And that's where the rabbis came in and they were the interpreters of the Torah and they made, uh, so the Torah is what's called the oral law, because it was given to us at Mount Sinai. But the written law is the Talmud, which is the commentary on the Torah. Okay, you got that backstory now? But it's a political thing. You can look at it totally in political terms. Here's these bunch of guys, it's all guys, who wanted to like tell the Jews what they could and couldn't do and make all the rules. And Say, it's based on the Torah, but we understand it in a way you don't. It's a power play. The Karaites said, yeah, stick it up your whatever, because we believe in the Torah only and not a word of your interpretations. It's a total rejection of the power play of the rabbis, which by the way is the dominant voice in Judaism throughout the entire world. We all follow the, the rabbinical Talmudic law. But these and it's written in Hebrew letters, in this Kennis, in 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 in, in um in Crimea respect the Torah and don't change one single word. It's it's so great, it's so absolute. So they don't have things like, well, you can't start your car on the Sabbath, but you can go in an elevator as long as the elevator is preset to stop at every floor. They're like, no, the Torah doesn't talk about elevators. The Torah just says, do this, don't work. It's, 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 so this was a radical thing and a rejection of power. So they got excommunicated, but they have a center in, in Crimea wow that's pretty amazing <laughs> yeah i was pretty blown away actually that is very yeah. cool and on oh, the last things you got me started i didn't know we would talk about this so then i couldn't help myself i wanted to find out about what is the indigenous local music in crimea and uh the tatar people now this uh, and i'm sorry we could talk for hours there Their history is as tragic as any people on the planet. The Tatars have been abused, kicked out of land after land. It's just, and and it continues. Stalin kicked the Tatars out of Crimea. Then they moved back when, after the fall of Soviet Union, then Putin and Russia invades and kicks them out again. And the Tatars, their music so i went to a tatar village which is another one of these like again new york city housing projects night show that hasn't been fixed in years and met people there and they play it's the closest music i've ever heard to klezmer, except they do a lot of it in seven eight instead of four four in a different rhythm but absolutely and we have a deep overlapping repertoire of songs. And I've done over these last years, many projects with Crimean Tatar musicians, because our two musics have so much in common. So it's kind of fascinating. And again, I really don't know what's the, what's the chicken and what's the egg cart and horse between the Crimean, the Tatar music and the, the Jewish klezmer music. I don't know who got what from whom, because they're so essentially based on the same music.
0: We've been speaking with Frank London, trumpeter, band leader, and composer with the Klezmer Brass All-Stars Band. He just released his latest album, Chronica, just in time for Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, everyone. You've been listening to Healing Wisdom at Outermost Radio. All of our shows are podcasts at WOMR.org. Also check out Healing Wisdom dot com and contact me at Pandora at WOMR dot org. theme music is provided by mazen you can find her website at masonmusic.com. that's m-a-e-s-y-n